Today's reading is Revelation 11. Then I was given a measuring rod, like a staff, and was told, Go and measure the temple of God and the altar, and count the number of worshippers there. But exclude the courtyard outside the temple. Do not measure it, because it has been given over to the nations, and they will trample the holy city for forty-two months. And I will empower my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for one thousand two hundred sixty days, clothed in sackcloth. These witnesses are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. If anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouths and devours their enemies. In this way, anyone who wants to harm them must be killed. These witnesses have power to shut the sky so that no rain will fall during the days of their prophecy and power to turn the waters into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they wish. When the two witnesses have finished their testimony, the beasts that come up from the abyss will wage war with them and will overpower and kill them. Their bodies will lie in the streets of the great city, figuratively called Sodom and Egypt, where their Lord was also crucified. For three and a half days, all peoples and tribes and tongues and nations will view their bodies and will not permit them to be laid in a tomb. And those who dwell on the earth will gloat over them and will celebrate and send one another gifts because these two prophets had tormented them. But after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered the two witnesses, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. And the witnesses heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Come up here! And they went up to heaven in a cloud as their enemies watched them. And in that hour there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city collapsed. Seven thousand were killed in the quake and the rest were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe has passed. Behold, the third woe is coming shortly. Then the seventh angel sounded his trumpet, and loud voices called out in heaven, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, we give thanks to you, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. The nations were enraged, and your wrath has come. The time has come to judge the dead and to reward your servants, the prophets, as well as the saints and those who fear your name, both small and great, and to destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God in heaven was opened and the ark of his covenant appeared in his temple. And there were flashes of lightning, and rumblings, and peals of thunder, and an earthquake, and a great hailstorm. This is God's word. In this portion of John's vision, God appointed and empowered two witnesses who prophesied. We are not told what they said, but verse 10 tells us that they had tormented those who live on the earth, and so it was probably a whole lot of warning about God's punishment. Their message was not received, and they were killed, then raised from the dead and received into heaven. Following this, 7,000 people died in an earthquake in Jerusalem. Those who survived the earthquake were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven, in the words of the NIV. And that's what happened on earth in this chapter. In heaven, however, voices cheered the coming of God's kingdom in verse 15 and thanked God for beginning his rule in verse 17. What were they so thankful for? The judgment of God. The time has come for judging the dead 
and for rewarding your servants, the prophets, and your people who revere your name, both great and small, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. Those are the words of the NIV in verse 17. The idea that God judges sinners and rewards the righteous has never been popular. In our culture, however, it is construed as a black mark on God's name, something that Christians try to explain apologetically. I understand that as a fellow human, nobody wants to see people suffer. But those who are judged and suffer for it do so because of their own moral choices, not because God is looking for excuses to torture his creation. If we condemn God for not being merciful to someone, we are actually condemning ourselves for not loving his holiness and longing for his justice. Of course we want God to be merciful to other sinners like he has been to us. But if he chooses not to show mercy, the people who die outside of Christ are receiving the just penalty for their sins. Do you love the justice of God? It was God's justice that caused Christ to die as our substitute in order to rescue us from God's judgment. By punishing Christ for our sins, God was able to be both just in the way that he dealt with our sins, as well as merciful and loving by forgiving us. We should give thanks and praise to God for his justice, not because we want to see anyone perish, but because we love God and want his glory to be fully shown. Take some time then today and give thanks for God's justice then ask him to show mercy to other sinners that you know. If you found this devotional helpful, please sign up to receive it in your email every day by going to dailypbj.com slash subscribe. It's very cheap because it's actually free. All you need to do is supply your email address, and a transcript of the daily devotional as well as links to the audio and video will show up in your inbox every day, and that will cue you to be in God's Word every day. I'm looking for financial support to help me Go to dailypbj.com support if you'd like to do that. Also, please share this with someone who might grow in their faith by it. And I'll see you next time. May God bless you. Hope you have a great day.